0: Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for the life that he lived, for the death that he died, and for the victory he secured for all who turn to him and trust in him. We ask, Father, that this Christmas time and always, as we consider the Lord Jesus Christ, as we look to him, that we would be filled with the wonder of the shepherds and from that place of wonder and awe that it would be our, not only our highest duty, but our highest delight to bring to him our worship like those wise men all those years ago, to give to him our all in glad and grateful response to all that he has given to us. So, Father, to that end, we ask that as we spend a few moments together under the authority of your word, that you would uh, minister to your people in this place, that your spirit would move amongst us, that you would warm our hearts to your truth, and that you would shape and fashion us more into the image and likeness of the Lord whom we love, the Lord who first loved us and gave himself for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I am a fan of uh, nativity services. Uh, I enjoy them, even the ones where my eldest daughter stands up and tells me, reads a poem which says I'm going to get socks again for Christmas. Uh, Christmas is all about that, that scene uh, that, that story of the birth of Jesus all those years ago, and we're going to return to that scene and to that story uh, again this evening at half past six. But we have in our morning services been looking at why that scene, why that story makes such a difference, why it matters to us today, more than 2,000 years later, halfway around the world. What difference does it make? We've been asking ourselves the question, why did Jesus come? And we looked at uh, some of the roles, some of the responsibilities that the Lord Jesus Christ has for the people of God, titles that he has taken that he could not have taken, were it not for his coming, his birth as a baby. 2,000 years ago. We looked at that from Hebrews chapter 2. And then last week, we looked at uh, Jesus as the perfect revelation of God. No one has ever seen God. God is spirit. And yet, in a sense, we can see God as we look to Jesus, as we look to His Son. And we know God as we come to know Jesus and enter into right relationship With him. And uh, this week I want to look at a reason that Jesus himself said that he came into the world. And we find that reason in Luke chapter 19. The temptation for me this morning was to just look at that verse, just look at the reason that Jesus gave for his coming. But I want to place that verse, place that text into its context in Luke chapter 19, and that means we're going to read a story which doesn't seem to us very Christmassy, Um, but it is very relevant for what we celebrate together this morning. So let's turn to Luke chapter 19 together. Luke chapter 19, and we'll read from verse 1 all the way through to verse 9. And if you're reading in your in the Pew Bibles in front of you, then you'll find this passage in page one thousand and fifty three. Luke nineteen verse one. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man there by the name of Zacchaeus, a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. Amen. So, Zacchaeus is passing through a town called Jericho, and in that town, there is a man called Zacchaeus. We are told what Zacchaeus did for a living. He was a tax collector. Indeed, he was a chief tax collector. He was a wealthy man, and it's no wonder he was a wealthy man, because in those days, in that place, tax collectors were able to collect not only the taxes but a cut above the taxes. So say Rome was owed 100 pounds, the tax collector could go to the person who owed those taxes and claim 150 pounds and give to Rome 100 pounds and keep for himself 50 pounds. Or if he wanted to treat himself, he could ask for 200 pounds. Rome would get its 100 pounds and the tax collector could keep the other 100. Rome didn't care, as long as it got the money, it was owed, it was happy. And that meant two things. It meant firstly that tax collectors were very wealthy, and it meant secondly that tax collectors were very unpopular, even more unpopular than the tax man in our culture, in our day, if you can imagine such a thing. They were regarded as thieves for stealing money. But even worse than that, they were regarded as traitors because they took money from their own people, from the Jews, and gave it to Rome. And Rome was seen as the enemy. It was the oppressor. It was the occupier. It was a kind of modern-day Egypt which held the people of God in slavery. So anyone who lined their own pockets by giving money to the Roman Empire, was seen as the worst of the worst, the lowest of the low. Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector. Michael Wilcock, uh, who's written a commentary in the book of Luke, says he was a capitalist, a collaborator, and a crook quite good. Three C's, a capitalist, a collaborator, and a crook. Well, I don't have three C's, I have three S's. He was a selfish man, he was a sinful man, and he was a small man. So Jesus comes to town, the crowds have heard of this man, of the things he has been saying, the wonders he has been performing, and they gather around Jesus to see what he has to say, to see what he will do. But as the crowds gather, Jesus, uh, Zacchaeus, this small man, is unable to see Jesus. He's too small. He's too wee to see. It uh, is the season of nativity plays. And as I said, I, I like nativities. And we had a nativity service in Roxillac Primary to attend not that long ago. Grace is perked up all of a sudden. She knows she might get a mention. And uh, we, myself and Deborah, queued outside in the cold for what seemed like forever to get into this nativity uh, service. Eventually, the doors were opened and in we went. We got to the hall and to our horror, we found that we weren't near enough the front of the queue to get a seat at the front of the service. School shows are like the opposite of church, people fight to get a seat at the front. And um, For the first time ever, we never managed. We were in the second row, and we were panicking that we wouldn't be able to see the angel Grace do her thing from the, the stage. The stage uh, it was small. Uh, the floor was flat. There are chairs, not lovely polished pews where you can slide to the side if someone's sitting in front of you so we were nervous that we wouldn't see grace do her thing but fortunately we were able to see the people who sat in front of us weren't too tall so we could see over them and we could see grace performing you performing as a star i said today but i think grace is getting a bit typecast so maybe next year Vanessa we can have a shepherd or something But we saw Grace, we were able to see her over the people who were sitting in front of us, but not so for Zacchaeus. He was too wee to see. The crowd was too big for him to lay eyes on Jesus. And the safe and sensible option for Zacchaeus on that day would have been to have gone home, to have waited for another day, another opportunity, to go and to see Jesus. But he is determined, he is desperate to see this man. And so he he runs ahead and he climbs a tree in order to see Jesus. What he does is a very dangerous thing to do for him, chief tax collector. He places himself in a position where he is vulnerable. He's not able to run away when he's, he's clambered to the top of this tree. And remember, there's all these people gathering around Jesus, this man who may well be the Messiah. And in this kind of religious fervor, it could be that they see this traitor up in a tree, you know, in a place where he can't run, he can't hide. Who knows what the crowd might do to him, but he is so desperate to see Jesus that he will do whatever it takes to get in a position to lay his eyes on the Lord. He is desperate to see Jesus, and Jesus sees him. Jesus doesn't need to be told who this man is. He doesn't need to be told his name, and he doesn't need to be told his needs. Jesus knows. And we ought to remember as we come together in this place that Jesus knows us. He knows you. He knows your name And he knows your needs. He looks up and says, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. Or we used to sing, I'm coming to your house for tea. And everything changes for Zacchaeus in that moment. He hasn't just seen Jesus. He's heard Jesus. And he hasn't just heard Jesus. He's heard Jesus summoning him. Calling him by name to share in fellowship with him, to share in time together. And that is enough for Zacchaeus to leave not only his tree, but to leave his sin and to leave his old life behind, just to share in fellowship. With Jesus. Jesus enters his heart before he enters his home. And Zacchaeus gives half of his possessions to the poor. He keeps half to himself only so that he can give to those he has wronged four times what he has taken from them. Zacchaeus has discovered that money, that possessions, that stuff, are poor gods and we would do well to remember that at Christmas time we're so focused on stuff on the giving and receiving of gifts they're good enjoy opening your presents on Christmas day enjoy playing with your toys boys and girls but remember that these things as good as they are they make very poor gods and so Zacchaeus is happy to give away his stuff to give away his money, there is a sense of joy as he lays down all that stuff in order to receive and to take up this new relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so now we are ready to hear what Jesus says in verse 10. The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Zacchaeus had money, he had success in the eyes of the world, he had stuff, but he was, in the eyes of Jesus, lost. He was far from home. He was alone. He was apart from God. He was vulnerable. He was empty inside sight. His house may have been full, his garage may have been full, but he was empty in sight. He was rich, and yet he was poor. He was alive, and yet he was dead. He was hated by all, and yet he was loved by God. Jesus never embraces or affirms his sin, but he takes him to himself, and in taking him to himself, he transforms Zacchaeus. He changes his life. He is transformed from within. He who was lost is found. We may not be the worst of the worst or the lowest of the low, but we have all sinned, and therefore we are all sinners. We cannot climb up to God, we cannot clamber our way to Him on a ladder of good works or religious duties performed, but God, and this is the message of Christmas, God has reached out to us in love, He has come down to us in Christ, and Christ still seeks and saves those who are lost today. Jesus is now the risen and ascended Lord. He has taken His rightful place at the Father's right hand, but He is not far from us. He has not stopped calling those who are eager to meet with Him by name. He has not stopped loving those who don't really deserve that love. And He has not stopped saving sinners like Zacchaeus and like me, And like you, he came to live the life that we have failed to live in our place, perfect and pure, sinless, spotless life. He came to die the death that we deserve to die. The boys and girls sang about that, didn't you? Not just about Jesus being born as a baby in Bethlehem, but the perfect life that he lived, the death that he died For us, a sinner's death on the cross, though he was without sin. And he did all of that for us, that we might be saved, that we might be rescued from a life lived without God, and therefore without hope and without peace and without joy. The Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. So if you're a Christian this Christmas, remember that this is the greatest gift Remember that it's all gifts, from first to last. The fact that you recognized your need of a Savior, that is gift, that is grace. And the fact that you saw the sufficiency of Jesus to save, that is gift, and that is grace. It's all gift. It's all grace. And if you are not a Christian, if you are lost, or if you are not sure then be like Zacchaeus. Don't assume that there will be another day, another occasion, another opportunity, another chance on a more convenient day than today to come to Him, to trust in Him, and to be transformed by Him. You may not have tomorrow, but you do have today. So follow Him wholeheartedly, and discover for yourself the power of that good news of great joy that the angels heralded all those years ago. And that is the subject of our song as we stand to sing our closing hymn, Hark the Herald Angels Sing.